quit a job, ever redefined yourself within one, ever started something in one big, or failed. Quit is a call-in show helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. Instead of doing our regular call-in show, I'm here at New Relic Studios in San Francisco, ready to talk to Lou Cerny, the CEO, the founder of the company. With me here is Heidi Cook. Let's get started. So I'm here today at this amazing new facility that I... Uh, that I'm here to build. Hi, Hattie, by the way. Hi, Dan. How are you? And uh, we're here. We're both here uh, at New Relic Studios. I guess that's what we're calling it. Uh, this is this amazing facility. I recorded an hour or two ago here with Merlin Mann. We did an episode of Back to Work. And not only am I here in this beautiful place, in this beautiful San Francisco city where the weather is amazing, uh, but I'm here with the, uh, the founder and CEO of New Relic. Uh, Lou Cerny, welcome to the program. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. It's just awesome to be here. Can you believe? Can you believe this? No, I, I really can't. I, I met mean, you it's... back in what, like 2000, uh, about nine ish. Yeah, eight or nine. Yeah. yeah. And you were down in uh, Kissimmee, Florida. I was speaking at this little conference. You guys were one of the sponsors. You had a little table set up. Yeah, we maybe had like 12 employees at the time. It's and... amazing. And now look at this place. You've got—is it three or four floors of this building that you have now? Uh, we're just taking out the fourth of the top floor floors wow. of buildings so we're, we're going into the fourth floor now it's amazing and yeah. uh, you were I, I saw you and uh, and chris uh kelly tweeting about how you wanted to start doing some recordings and some things like that you want yeah. to do a podcast and i said guys let me let me help out and you totally said, yeah you said, no you, i said and i i came up to, to chris and i said look we've got to find a way to get dan out here dan and hattie and 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 like you know they're the smartest people I have, I know of in, in making podcasts and make them awesome. So we don't know what we're doing in that area. Um, so I'm just glad you could spend some time with us and, and help us fit this out. And, and we're, we're excited to use this for the community, right? I mean, there's yeah. be a lot of new relic stuff coming out of here, but we just want, um, all sorts of voices in and around software. Um, but what you guys do, I mean, you, it, what you guys do for the community, whether it's software development or design or just, you know, in the creative space is amazing. And I just want to tell people, like, this place is amazing. I remember I read an article about it. Hattie, what do you think of this? I mean, oh, my been, gosh. This is insane. Like We've been to a lot of, a lot of pl- places. And you got to I mean, be even honest. if you just had one floor... That would be amazing. Right. But you have three. Just one, one floor decked out the way you guys <laughs> right. have it. Right, like it's insane. But the thing is, and, and this is what you see, back in the dot-com era, yeah. you saw a lot of money wasted on stuff. Right. This is not money wasted. The way that you've designed this place, the way that you've designed uh, the, the space to, to, to be cohesive and to to inspire people and the way that you've designed the little meeting rooms and the way that the open space is, it's really, really cool. And it's not, you don't get the feeling of excess when you're in here, but it's, it's things done right. Well, you know, we, we thought a lot really hard on it and we certainly wanted to invest in making this a place where people love their job, love their Mondays. And and the number one factor in that, of course, is just who you work with. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's the most important thing we focus on in trying to build a, an environment where people do amazing stuff is, you know, do you enjoy who you work with? Um, but then we thought about when we came into this space in February, we knew this was the first time the company is going to be split across multiple floors. Mm-hmm. And so we thought hard about how do we keep the special part of New Relic where everybody, you know, no matter where you work in the company, you, you feel a sense of connection to the other parts of the company. So one of the things that we have here is we've got a cafe in the, the 10th floor so that people on the 11th or 12th, mm-hmm. um, 
can all come down and, and you know how people work from Starbucks? They say, oh, I'm going to work from Starbucks yeah, today. Yeah. We wanted people to have that experience where, but instead of leaving, you know, to go to Starbucks, you, you leave your cube, you go down two floors, you grab a cappuccino, and then you're sitting next to someone who might be in a totally different department and you're, you're, you, you can connect with people in yeah. your company and keep that community. Um, and that's important. As a company grows, that's really hard to keep that closeness in your company. And, and we just wanted to invest in making that work. Okay. So for those who don't know what, uh, what New Relic is, give me the elevator pitch. What do you guys do? I mean, I know, do? and I, I have to, yeah. uh, f- full disclosure, right? Because this is a show about the, you guys were one of the very, very first sponsors that we ever had before there was a five by five, even <laughs> back when I was doing like the dev show and totally. a couple of other shows here and there. And you guys reached out to us and, and you were like, Hey, you know, like, can, and I mean, this is the, the, the very, very, very early days. You guys were already in there saying, you know, how can a, how can we get the word out about new relic and what we do B uh, you know, how can we support the stuff that you're doing? And, and listen, people sometimes get upset at me because I'll have somebody like you on and they'll be like, oh, great, this is going to be a commercial for New Relic. Right. I promise you it's not going to be a commercial for, for, for New Relic. Trust no, me on that. No. But but what is New Relic and what do you guys do? Well, we serve software developers primarily. We help them make their software awesome in production, in particular making sure their software is fast and reliable. And uh, software is really complex. Mm-hmm. Making it work for you know thousands or millions of people uh, in production, that's, that's not easy to do. And so our software... Um, monitors the production uh, software of our customers and, and tells them uh, where the slow, slow points, points are and, and how to make it faster and better for, for, their, for their customers. And uh, we're, we now have 70,000 uh, customers using our product to make their software better in wow. production. That's, uh, so let me, let me just, uh, let me give you the kind of the short version of this from an end user. And yeah. as I'm an end user since, I guess, 2008, uh, you basically so i'm as a rails guy yeah a rails developer the way that uh the way that this works from my perspective is i i install the new relic gem and i download the yaml file that you guys spit out for me and i'm done now yeah and that's all i have to do now and now i'm gonna get things so we actually had a problem uh where we were i would post a show and then the site would sort of go uh, offline for a little while right. and I would get your alert and said five by five that TV is failing. And then a minute later, five by five TV is recovered. And I was like, well, what's causing this? Well, I said to one of my developers, like figure out what's causing. It. And he's like, well, you're using new relic, right? And I'm like, yeah, he's like, okay, well let me go in there and see. And there, it happened that the, one of the tables needed an index. It was a links table where we have the links for the show notes. He's like, you really need to add an index. Why don't you have an index on there? You're dumb. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, I'll put it on there. And that fixed the problem. Right. But it's like, they didn't need to do any real work. Your system told us how to do it. And by the way, don't, don't get angry at me, but like I'm on your free plan. Like I'm not even <laughs> paying you for this. So this, but this is the way that as the, as the applications grow and as people come in, you so see, you kind of give them this gateway drug, right? Is that, I mean, was that your plan all along to like give them the gateway and uh, the gateway drug? We and certainly the- want to have a free product for everyone. Cause we know like, you know, there's, you know, there are, companies for which you know a million dollars is a pittance for in terms of an investment in making your software run well and then mm-hmm. there are there are individuals with personal blogs that you know don't have a budget for this so mm-hmm. we wanted to serve anyone who cared about the performance of their app that meant we needed you know everything from a free product to like you know the full works for our high-end customers and so that's why we've got um such a large number of customers mm-hmm. um 
you know, prior to New Relic that this type of software existed. In fact, I founded the company that kind of created that market, but it had only 500 customers and they were all like big banks, insurance companies, and they'd spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on this kind of thing. But, you know, I think everybody, every business is a software business these days. Um, if no matter what kind of company you are, you, you care about your software. So, so therefore big or small, uh, there's a need for something like New Relic and we want to serve everyone. Mm -hmm. So when you started out with this thing, we go back to, you know, 2000 when did you start 2008 yeah yeah so i mean did you did you just walk up and say hmm i guess we need to build a company that'll eventually monitor mobile apps for devices <laughs> we hadn't thought of yet you know what i'm saying like how what was your vision for this when you started because whenever you see whenever you hear about a company like this that now how many employees do you have now we have about 350 350 people you've got how many floors three working on your fourth floor uh, and you didn't, you didn't start out with an idea and then go and try and raise a whole bunch of money. Right. I mean, no. you started in a much more organic way and I think yeah. that's, that resonates more with the people who I think listen to this show where they're like, I have an idea, but I don't know the first thing about raising money. And I'm more right. like, I just want to start off in my you know room at night writing code. You right. Know right. I mean? No, that's, that's exactly how New Relic started. So. Um, just as a bit of context, as I say, I, I started another company in 98 called Wiley and it was a venture funded company and it got acquired in 06. And then I took 07 off and I was thinking during that year off, you know, after rediscovering how bad I am at golf and, <laughs> <laughs> um, having one too many, um, viewings of Barney with my one-year-old daughter. So right. I was looking for something else to do and I started playing with rails and, and new relic was born out of my teach myself rails project. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I thought, well, maybe I could create a nice little company where our aspiration is to have five employees and maybe one day have five million in subscriptions. So, you know, we could all just, um, you know, check email from Fiji and, and, and just let the subscriptions fund a great lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that never materialized. Right. Um, uh, my, um, I've got a dear friend. His name's Peter Fenton. He's, um, he's one of the very best venture investors in the world. And, uh, um, I've worked with him in the past. He's on the board of Twitter. It's always busy this week with the yeah. IPO and things like that. But um, anyway, he managed to convince me that if it's a big company or it's a small company, you're probably going to do about the same amount of work. You might even do less work if it's a big funded company because, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to carry the pager if, if it's you and two other people. Yeah, right. Um, and, and there is no, you know, there is no time for vacation or anything like that. So, so anyway, we decided to try to build something more meaningful. But the, the key point, Dan, is... Um, for me anyway, I usually have view into one to two years out max. Mm -hmm. So I try to say, how can I double the size of my company in the next, you know, 12 months or so? And is there room beyond that? And don't worry about where you're going to go after that. You, you, it's kind of like iterative development, except for your, 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 um, your, your cycle is a year or so. Mm -hmm. um, so we're not, you know, big companies often have like five-year or 10-year strategic plans. Right. Um, but in, in the startup business, you know, you can't foresee how you're going to get to your full potential. Just just try to look at milestones about 12 months out. But do you think you would have been able to have the kind of success that you've had with, with New Relic if you hadn't have had the experience with Wiley ahead of it, like coming into it? Would, or could, could, could you have still done it, do you think? Well, I, I certainly benefited from it because New Relic really started as my um, my do over with a clean sheet of paper. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to how you were saying, um, in setting up the studio, you're yeah, like, right. you know, if I could do it all over again, I'd know exactly what to do and what yeah. not to do. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. um, and that's hard if you're in the middle of the company, 
that you've already found it. So my first company after it was acquired, I could say, all right, what did I want to change about my company? And one of the things was I wanted, um, I wanted a product that was so easy to use that we didn't need, um, people, um, to, to, to help our customers try it out and fall in love. I mm-hmm. wanted the product to speak for itself. And while that makes sense, um, for consumer products, it's not like it's, what somebody tells you in the Apple store is why you like the, the iPhone or whatever right? yeah. it's, it's because the product itself, but in enterprise software, that's not the case in enterprise software. Historically it's been, what does a sales rep tell you with PowerPoint that influences your decision as whether you're going to try it or buy it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was the case with my first company. So in, in the do over, um, I decided let's make this product like a consumer product in that it's, you know, it's, it's super easy to try out and fall in love as you described. Mm-hmm. You, you just download the gym and, you, and you're good to go. Um, so that by the time someone's talking to new relic about becoming a customer, um, we don't have to explain why it's valuable to them. They already know. And it's just, um, you know, getting through the commercial part, mm-hmm. part of the process. Um, Anyway, so, so, so I certainly benefited from doing it over again. Um, it doesn't mean it's impossible for your first company to kind of get enough things right for it to, you know, be meaningful on a long, uh, on a lasting basis. But I just love kind of learning from the past and, and trying again. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that I think I can, you know, in the, the, the companies and the things that I've done, I was thinking about this when I was walking around this place the other day, yesterday of, you know, wow, you know, just a few years ago, like you guys had this little folding table at this little podunk conference, you know, right. You know, no offense to Robert Dempsey, but it was a podunk conference in Kissimmee, Florida. You know what I'm saying? And, and by the way, I was keynoting it. So I, you know, that was a small thing. We, but, we were, we were pl- plenty proud to be in that conference. Yeah, And, and that's yeah. the thing. Like I was yeah. keynoting, I was pretty excited to be doing that. Yeah. And, and it was, we had a great audience and everything yeah. else, but like, I mean, think about where things have come from, yeah. from then to, to now. And, you know, and I have some articles here and I, these are all speculative, you know, kind of articles and things like that. But, you know, when, when was it that you decided that you wanted to go from a company that you had essentially self started and funded to, okay, now we're going to go back into that world of getting you know, VC money and, right. and, and, and how did you decide who to go with? Again, a good yeah. problem to have, like yeah. we want to grow more and now we're doubling our customers every year. But you know, like here's an article that says, so this is on uh informationweek.com and it says in the fourth quarter of 2012, new relic signed up a thousand paying customers from among 35,000 active accounts using its free application monitoring service for this year as a whole adult. And this is, this was written back in February of 2013. It doubled both paying customers and revenues, and now is about 5,000 paying customers, Cook said. Uh, and it counts significant deployments as e- at ESPN, Nike, Sony, Comcast, E-Trade, eHarmony, GitHub, Groupon, Mashable, Mercado Libre, and 5x5. Actually, it doesn't say 5x5 <laughs> five five in this article. Uh, Can we the, get you publicly referenceable? Oh, yes, yes, please do that. Yes. Uh, and it says venture capital firms have just invested $80 million yeah. in New Relic. That First of all, it's a lot of money. <laughs> It is. I mean, to me, it is. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, how do you, how, do, because the people listening to this show, they're not, they want to understand, well, how do I get to the point where I just have a company that's going to pay my bills? Like, right, how do right. I get to do that thing I want to do? I'd be happy making, forget 80 million. What about 80,000 a year? That would be fantastic if I could do that. Well, and I have deep respect for, um, for people who build those kind of business. In fact, that's a large portion of our customers are those kinds of people. And, and, um, and I feel like, um, those are the real entrepreneurs, 
you know. Well, um, you're not you're not an entrepreneur. Well, I feel like it's a little different. I mean, like entrepreneurship involves taking a risk, and certainly we take lots of risks at New Relic. Mm-hmm. But um, when 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 you have when you're taking in outside money and you have a responsibility to to deliver returns to them, but it's very different from I'm mortgaging my home. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you know my spouse to just hang in there, and maybe we'll get you know, a paycheck next month. <laughs> That's a level of bravery that I deeply respect. Yeah. And we didn't have to go through after taking venture funding. Mm-hmm. Now we, you know, you, you could, you know, some people would argue you could, you know, get a higher salary at a more established company, things like that. But so, so I, I certainly wouldn't want to romanticize, you know, um, the, the entrepreneurial qualities of somebody who's building a funded company. I mean, I think like, you know, totally opposite end of the scale in some ways. You find amazing entrepreneurs in small villages in East Africa right. that, that build bicycle repair shops hmm. on like $50 and it feeds like, you know, the family and, 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 and two generations down. And I think they're amazing entrepreneurs. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of getting off point, but the, the thing that strikes me is what's common between what New Relic has done and what I hope, or what I hope New Relic's done and what I think a lot of great entrepreneurs that self-fund do is, um, you know, this started with me scratching my own itch, very passionate about, um, building software that delights our customers and helps them understand how their software runs. Mm-hmm. This has been something I've been passionate about since 98 when I started my last company. Um, you know, I've been spending all day in product working on new stuff that new relic is building. Um, so, um, you, yeah, you mentioned the other day. Yeah. Okay. So you have this coffee shop that you guys built in here called nerd nerdvana. Right. And this is a full fledged coffee shop. I mean, you've got a barista, you've got, you can custom order stuff you've got, and people come in there and they're hanging out. And so this morning I'm walking around uh, with uh, with Merlin and uh, Chris has given Merlin the tour. Yeah, and I see you. You're sitting down, and you you were telling me the other day you're pair programming with people. You're always uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what what what's what's the like CEO doing pair programming with people? Um, pinch me. I feel like I've got my my dream job, but I <laughs> I, I, I it was a conscious decision. So the person you mentioned giving the tour, his name's Chris Cook, and he's the president and COO at New Relic. And I decided I needed somebody like Chris as a partner in leading the company uh, about um, four years ago when New Relic was pretty small, not too long after we met in that as when we were a little company. But I said, I want to keep building software and writing code. And um, I don't want to necessarily be involved in um, figuring out what our um, maternity leave policy ought to be mm-hmm. um, or other important decisions, right, for growing your business. But, um, you know, if, if, I, if I'm not thoughtful about it, I'll get dragged into many, many, many decisions and meetings because um, that's what happened my first company, right? This is another one of these, like, what do you learn uh, mm-hmm. on the Dura? Yeah. So I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hire ahead of our perceived need to have a great person to do a lot of what people think of in the CEO job. So, for example, I, I only have like three standing meetings a week on my calendar. And my rule of thumb is no meeting should be that I attend should ever be more than six people. Typically, I like four person meetings or less. If you get into a big meeting, it turns into a presentation and it turns into I mean, the, 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 these are important meetings often to have. But the meetings I don't feel like I need to be in. And because the, the, if I'm in less meetings, it means I can spend more time about thinking about building great software. And that's one of the things I love to do. And I think I can help the company continue to grow. Um, most tech companies struggle with keeping that innovative focus. They Mm -hmm. come up with their first product and that first product may grow and grow and grow, but sooner or later, your first product um, runs out of growth and the company along the way can forget how to build new things. Mm. Um, And I'm, I just want to make sure new relic doesn't become one of those companies. And, and so my job is to, to keep building stuff with engineers. Um, And that's why I say, I mean, I, 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 
Like, is, I is love that, it. I mean, I'm, for a company with, with like 300 people, yeah. though, like, isn't there some, and maybe, maybe the answer is no, but you know, I remember working at my first job out of college, my first real like professional job out of college. I, you know, I went and I, uh, I remember like the, the, the president and the VP, those two folks at the company, um, like it was always like, oh, I've, you know, like they want to talk to us, like you know, and this wasn't, this isn't the Stone Ages either, yeah. okay? Like it's the '90s, but it was like the idea of like pair programming with the CEO of a company that's <laughs> that's very successful and where there's hundreds of of people working there, like I, that might in, intimidate the the heck out of me. I just gotta yeah, be honest. like, is that a thing, I, or how do you well, get around that? Um, I think that it may be a bigger thing than I think it is because you know, one thing I'm I'm pretty certain of is CEOs can very easily underestimate um, the impact of what they say and do on the company. So mm. I could you know I've heard this because so you're, you're the one that's creating the, yeah, the you could culture say one little company, thing right? and you know like oh you know I, I I just you know you get out of the wrong side of bed and day and and you, you say something like you don't like some color and all of a sudden you've ruined a designer's <laughs> week right <laughs> right so um, you got to be sensitive to that but at the same time I think the best way for me to sort of help people is just feel comfortable with themselves and that's my goal is to just pair with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I paired with an engineer that's relatively new to the company last Friday, last Friday and it was our first time kind of interacting together. Mm-hmm. And um, I really enjoyed it, and I feel like he got a better sense of who I am and going through the other end. And and you know, he got to drive the whole time. I kind of was just I was giving him very you know specific guidance on what I would do, but you know, he was driving. Was he nervous? I mean, be honest. Was um, he a little nervous? I couldn't tell. I, there there wasn't a you know there wasn't sort of a so much nervousness. That I would we be nervous if the CEO found out Hattie. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be really, really Come on. <laughs> uh, well, I think, you know, the impact like I have on people is... Maybe you're secretly is... torturing these poor people and you don't realize it. Maybe like, you know, it's like, yeah, I want to stay involved. And they're like, oh my God, Lou wants to bear for No, I think it's not, Thursday. it's not the fear thing. It's just, for me, the challenge in working with me is I just, I, I put my foot hard on the gas. My, my senior vice president of product, Jim Gochi, has this saying, he's like, he says, uh, Jim says... I, Jim, have my foot hard in the gas, then you, loose mash your foot on top of my foot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? What? So uh, I push the team pretty hard, but it's because I'm just so excited. I mean, like, it can be so awesome. Like, I spent all morning saying, all right, it, it's been half an hour since this code's been checked in. When can I see it in staging? Because I can't wait to play with this, right? right? And right. people are like, can you give me, like, five more minutes, Lou? It's <laughs> like, you know, I, 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 I push pretty hard, but I think it, it's kind of infectious. So did you feel that you were relinquishing control then when you... Uh, decided to sort of bring somebody in to run the day-to-day stuff and were you worried that you would lose like your baby somehow you know this is probably the most important thing i um i and anyone has to come with grips grips with if they're going to sort of grow a company and build a team you must you must be willing to give up control Hmm. um on things that you feel an attachment to. Otherwise, how are you going to attract awesome people? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dan Hattie, what if, what if Dan said, all right, you, 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 you can't really speak these things. You can't say these things, you, you mm-hmm. know, you, you must only do this and that. And, you know, right. And, and by the way, I've got complete control over, you know, all these things that you ought to be, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're not excited about coming to work. You're not going to do your best work, right? Well, how long would right, that work? And you would, I would kind of feel like, well, then why am I here? Right. <laughs> right. So yeah. like Chris ran a thousand person org at a big public company. Mm-hmm. He's not going to come in to just sort of, you know, take orders from Lou and, and do that list. Every right, he's day. got his own, he's got his he's, own stuff to do. Yeah. Right. So you, you want people to feel empowered, but that means you've got to get to the point where you're okay. Letting go. 
And um, that takes some some bravery, I think. Um, but you, you'll never regret it if, because then you you come these new people. You come to them with from a position of trust. I'm going to trust you to do awesome work, and then they come in feeling, wow, I, I I feel so much more excited to do a great job because I'm trusted and I've got this mm-hmm. this power. And and it it works if you got to you know hire awesome people. Um, because you're going to trust, that means you're going to you're going to have less oversight than you might if you were just like micromanaging. Mm-hmm. But I think it's all for the best, and it's part of scaling. You know, last week I was talking to um, to my uh, office mate uh, at uh, Anthony Armendaris at Fun Size, and they do mo- basically mobile product design, right? Yeah. And this is a guy who used to do the mobile product design. And when he and his wife were, were starting this company and now a year later, he's got a total of eight people and he's no longer the, the person doing the actual development design type work. Right. He's now what he, in, in his words, he's creating the, the culture of the company. He's doing pretty much most of the sales, you know, all of that stuff. And that's changed for, for you know, what he and I do are on a much smaller scale than this, but even, you know, within the company now I spend most of my time working on our the on our ad network side of right. the house, you know, working right. with our sponsors, working with the 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 business side of stuff, sure. as opposed to being the guy that's doing shows. And I'm, I'm I do less shows than I used to do, and I'm going to be doing fewer shows in the but future. But it'll never be the same if you're not doing shows. I mean, you can't right. do every show, right? But you know, that's what's special about your company is is is. You know, you have to your, have your voice on this still, microphone. Like you have right? to still be involved, and, and, right? And, and and that that's where a lot of software companies lose their ways. Like I can't, you know, we've got so many awesome things going on in New Relic. Like at our conference last week, we announced uh, eleven new major features. Mm-hmm. I was involved in, you know, very deeply in one. And to a, a lesser extent on two or three of them. So mm-hmm. you pick the things that you want to be involved with, but then the other people involved sort of, you know, they, they'll follow your lead because they, they, they see how you, you conduct your shows. They can right. kind of, they can bring their own, you know, talents to it, but they, you know, what you can't do is get to the point where all you do is spend your time worrying about ad revenues and, and hiring and all those things. And you, and, and, and you lose your way on doing what you're uniquely gifted at. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's kind of similar with what we're trying to do here at New Relic. All right, let's do our first sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website for a free trial and 10% off. Go to squarespace.com. The offer code is stooge11, number 11. What is Squarespace? These guys are amazing. And here we are talking about companies and startups and things like that. Now for about eight bucks a month, you can have the most amazing website with a beautiful template that's going to look great on your computer, on your iOS device on Android, anywhere you go, it's going to look beautiful and it's going to convey the message you want to convey. Whether you're a business, you want to write a blog, you have a photography website, you're a band, because they have some new cool features here with Squarespace. The first one is called Audio Collections. It's a new tool for musicians. You can upload your music directly to Squarespace and easily share your albums right from the website. You've got beautiful integrated player that integrates right there with your album art. And they also have this really cool 3D visualizer. So let's say you're shipping out mugs and t-shirts like our Stevens over at Diesel Sweeties. This thing is going to show you exactly how the stuff that you're shipping and packing is going to fit into a box. It's going to show you what it looks like. It's this cool 3D spinning thing that's really amazing. It talks to the carriers and tells you exactly how much it's going to cost for you to ship it out. Like this is the real deal. If you've got products and you want to sell them and you want to do something cool about it, like go check this out. 
They've got everything. And by the way, when they come out with a new template, like the one they just came out with this week, and you want to use it on your site, you just click, pick it from the list, and all of a sudden your entire site is now using the new template. You don't have to worry about anything or recode anything. And you can import the content of your existing blog or website in if you're using one of the main platforms. You can do all that during your free trial. If you decide to purchase it, it's going to start eight bucks a month. It includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. That's crazy. So make sure you get your 10% off and support this show. Code is Stooge11. Thank you very much to Squarespace.com for supporting 5 by 5 and quit. So one of the things you named your company New Relic. Yeah. I, I know. This is cool. <laughs> I know why. When you told me, my mouth like dropped over. I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. Okay. Where did the term New Relic come from? What does it mean? So the story, the day I had to name the company, my attorney who was going to do the incorporation doc said, I'm going away on vacation for a couple of weeks, so I need a company name now. So I said, um, how about LKC Inc? Because that's, uh, my middle name is Carl with a K. So LKC Inc. And he says, oh, taken. You got to do something a little less... Um, bland than that. So I said, oh, I can't come up with it. So I, I Googled Anagram Builder. Right. And there are these websites you can go to. If you Google Anagram Builder, you'll find a website. And then in, on that website, you can type anything in. So I typed Lou Cerny into an Anagram Builder. And there's a, there's a bunch. There's Ren Lice, which <laughs> pretty, 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 pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ren Lice or New Relic. We picked New Relic. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of stuck. It was my temporary name that's uh, uh, now lasted a uh, about six years. So, yeah, but it's, it's interesting because I remember again, being in the rails community when this came out, like it's, it's a little bit mysterious, you yeah. know, like it's new, but it's a relic. How is that <laughs> possible? What does it do? And they're, right. you know, and they're do And, and I remember, I forget who wrote this article, but there was an, there was an interesting article that had come out that was talking about names of companies. Maybe it was on TechCrunch or something like that, but it, they were basically saying either you have to have a name that's really descriptive that actually like says what you do definitively, like realtor.com, right? Right. Or you need to have a name that, that doesn't mean anything, but is, isn't, you know, isn't need- sticks in your mind at, at least amazon.com. Right. And they were saying that in both of those two cases, um, they're, they're both better than something like Twitter. Well, Twitter is maybe not a, a perfect example, but it, it a name uh, that ends in dot L Y. Yeah. Or the dot, dot L Y or something <laughs> like that, where yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a word that's spelled differently. That doesn't or have with a, a Z or an yeah. S. Or, yeah. yeah because like Twitter was T W I T T R at first. And then they, right. had, you know, then they got their real domain name. Coppling, kind of coppling Tumblr. Right. But right, like, right, like, right, right. Yeah. But like, look at GitHub. Like yeah. it's a hub for Git repositories. It tells me what it does, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, you know, was, was that something when you went and you, you I know, just got lucky. I, I guess when my parents had me, <laughs> they were thinking this kid ought to found a company called new relics. Right, so let's call it. him Lou Cerny. Uh, but I mean, how, how important, because again, these are questions like, uh, that, that come into play for people when they're starting out. How important is a name? How important is having a com? How important <laughs> is it in, in, in this day and age to have a .com versus a .co versus whatever. I mean, well, I think it varies by the company type you, you want to build. Um, and, and, you know, cause you know, in some companies, you, you know, it's real estate play and your presence on the internet is a very important part. If you're just a, trying to attract users and page views. Mm-hmm. Um, for me as a builder of software, I always want my companies to primarily be successful um, and differentiated by the software we build. I want that to be the number one thing that, you know, determines how successful we are. 
So it's great that we've got a cool company name, but yeah. it's, you know, for our business, it's just got to be, is our software like amazing? And if it isn't, what do we got to do to make it more amazing? Because I, my, I, by the way, my, my name has a pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Actually. Oh yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I don't know if it's as cool as New Relic. Bad Ninja Men. Bad Ninja Men. Yeah. It's pretty nice. cool. It's pretty good. <laughs> totally. I don't know what I could do with that. Um, well, but I, I think, you know, I'm, I think I'm it's, a, it's a new podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, but that's, that's the funny thing is that, is, is that, uh, if, if you name something, I'm, I'm of the opinion that we, you know, and, 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 and it's tough with the different, all of the domain names that are taken. So this is another question. How important. And I mean, I know these are little tiny questions. I'll get to some bigger ones in a minute. No, that's good. But how important is it that you have a .com versus a .co or anything today? Does that matter to you? If I was going to, hmm. if you were looking to outsource something and uh, my company was something .co, would you even care about it? You'd be surprised how many people write me and ask these kinds of questions. Oh, really? I want to ask you as, as, a, sure. you know, as a head of industry, what, uh, you know, what, what the Titan story of industry, is. please. Yeah. Please. Oh, I'm sorry. Perfect title, please. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so I would say... It, it's like all business decisions. Um, you, you think about what's the value of the .co versus the .com. And if let's say you're a consumer business and, and, and a, a key way in which you want people to find you or um, is if they type in the URL directly, I think that's less and less important. So I think in general, um, the domain, lane, domain name and TLD is just becoming less and less important. Just have one. Just but have it doesn't one. Matter what it is. I, I, that's that's my instinct, but it, you know it varies so dramatically. Certainly, the case on business software and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, whereas, if again you're in the business of just converting eyeballs into ad revenue, then maybe that's more important. Um, you can always buy the one you want later, right? That's right, and and so I think that that is one of the things I would say that that is kind of my little nugget for of insight for entrepreneurship on my personal experiences. Um, early stage startup uh, entrepreneurship is really about breaking catch 22s. Like what, so, what do you mean? So, I mean, there are these circular dependencies um, where one link in the chain is almost always capital. Mm-hmm. So um, I would love the domain, but I don't have the capital. Right. right? And, but you often they're more complex than that. Like in, in a software company, it'd be like, um, I can raise money if I get customers, but I can't get customers until the product does X and I can't get the product to do X without right. more money. Right? right. So how do I break that catch 22? And then I had that specific catch 22 early in my last company. And so the way I broke it was, um, I, I hired the smartest intern I could find out of, out of my college. I got my college you know, advisor to say, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't afford a, a full-time employee, but I can afford to put someone on my futon for the summer and <laughs> feed them beer and Starbucks right, or whatever. Right. And, and uh, we'll, we'll build 1.0 together. Um, and so th- we did. And then that got us to enough of a product where we could attract our first customer and then get our funding. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think if you, if you think about it as um, in, inevitably in starting your company, you're always going to have these uh, problems to solve where you got to where, where you got to find a way to solve something where you're cash constrained and finding innovative ways to solve it. Um, that's the guts of getting your company going. Um, and, and just, I don't know, it sounds overly simplified, but it, it all reduces down to, you know, how, how out of the box can you think about solving those kinds of problems and, and getting, getting things going. Um, and it involves hustle and, and it certainly involves like questioning the quote standard way to solve any kind of problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, again, 
as we look around here in this uh, cool studio that you have in here and, and mm-hmm. all these people here, uh, what percentage of people working here are physically in, I know you have an office in Portland, so we I'll do. just say that, that are in, in one of your offices versus working from home or telecommuting. Yeah, we have, uh, yeah, you mentioned Portland. We have about 100, 115 of our 350 employees in Portland. So mm-hmm. most of our product engineering is actually up there. Um, and uh, so, and then we've got another maybe 200 here in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So the vast majority of our employees are are in those two locations. We also got about 15 people in Seattle. Wow. Um, so a smaller office there that uh, we only spun up uh, about a year ago. Cool. Uh, a little less than a year ago. Anyway, um, so um, well, people will occasionally work from home, but in general, we're not, uh, yeah, it's different from a company like GitHub where everybody kind of works Why? anywhere, wherever. Why is that? We, um, I think there's something special about being in a room with some other people that bring out the best in you and help you come up with amazing ideas and solutions. And as I say, if I come back to my early part on like incredibly important, you know, thing in, about New Relic that is always going to be near and dear to my heart is we just want to hire awesome people you want to spend time with. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we want people to love their monies because like, I look forward to spending time with these people. We don't have any of those, like, you know, we don't, just don't have people that are difficult to spend time around with as a, as a rule. So if that's the case, um, then let's make it so that, you know, the, the culture of the company is for people to spend time working together because, um, and and here's how I kind of simplified it because um, it's pretty easy to slip into and and I made mistakes in that in the past where um, you make hiring mistakes based on super talented people but they end up um, being disruptive to the culture and my litmus test now for for kind of that is simplified by just asking yourself is is the is the person you're considering working with are they likely to add energy or remove energy from the conversation mm. or the interaction, right? So, and even if the interaction is one where you disagree and debate, um, you can exit that debate actually feeling energized by it, mm-hmm. right? And whereas, you know, the, the classic counterexample is you have a technical discussion with someone about an idea and you exit it feeling dumber, <laughs> right? <laughs> I had lots of those conversations at Wiley. I was CEO of the company and I felt like I was the <laughs> dumbest guy in the company. Right. Maybe I was, but, um, you know, the smartest people at New Relic also help you know, make you feel like you're welcome in the conversation. You're not too dumb to have to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a Im- very important part to your culture, right? And, and that's a mistake that's easy to make is you just sort of hire for like, you know, the most brain cells and, and, and along the way you, you lose your way as a culture. That's exactly what um, our suite mate was asking about the other day. Yeah. Uh, do you find someone that fits in with the people that are already there and like fits in with the culture or do you find someone who would just do really well at the job? I've, you know, I, I strongly favor the first, but mm-hmm. let me be clear. I definitely want diversity of opinion style, thought, yeah, so, yeah. you know, so it's not like everyone has to be completely uniform and, you know, in any kind of superficial way, mm-hmm. but they have to have common values, right? Like respect for other people. Um, right. uh, and, and, um, you know, just like open to new ideas yeah open new ideas and like mm -hmm. and the other kind of litmus test we say is can you imagine yourself hopping in the car and driving from san francisco to la with this person or would you be gouging (laughs) your eyes out right Right. (laughs) you know um and and uh how do you tell that before you hire the person oh i think it's gut feel i think you can't put it on a resume or in a spreadsheet but it's just you know um anyway for me it's probably one of the things that um well 
I, I, I focus on, and, and I think I do that pretty well. I'm actually pretty bad at answering the, could the person do the job well? Mm-hmm. Um, I have other people in the company. So if we're hiring a senior in almost any position, mm-hmm. if it's someone that um, I need to interview, um, I rely on other people to say, yeah, they could do that job. Right. Um, and, uh, but I just have a gut feel on, you know, will they energize the conversation? Could I imagine driving to LA with this person? <laughs> Those kinds of things. And, and, um, I'll always focus on that when I interview someone. Uh, the, uh, I just wanted to make a note of that driving to LA. Uh, <laughs> I also have a lot of miles in my car. I actually literally drive to LA with every candidate. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you, so you say, you talk about people being disruptive to the culture. What, what is the culture here? I would say, um, it's hard to put a finger on and I, I should do, I have a better, like, you know, quick answer to the question, but I think the things we have in common, um, that's a little different from a San Francisco high growth company. Most San Francisco high growth, high tech companies are like work all the time. Um, and it'll all be worth it in the end, mm. you know, crazy hours, crazy weekends, time away from family, time on the road. Don't worry. One day when, some magical, you know, financial event happens, you're, you won't regret it. Um, my, my, I just, I just, I refute that. I feel like there ought to be a financial incentive and people ought to get some, you know, financial benefit from being, working hard at New Relic, but we're on a marathon, not a sprint. And I want people to look back 20 years from now and say, man, the best days of my life were the days I worked at New Relic because I could spend time with my family. Like I leave the office at mm-hmm. 5 p.m. most nights because I want to cook dinner. That's part of like my family ritual. I want to be the person that cooks di- dinner for my family. And that shouldn't be special because I'm the CEO. That should just be like how things are done at New Relic. So it's a pretty quiet place at 5 p.m. for what is a hyper growth, high tech company. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially and, here in San Francisco. In right? San Francisco, right. Now it's it's a little, more, that's kind of more common in Portland um, in other parts of the world. And I think it's a little more sane because it's tuned for, um, now what you'll find about New Relic, very low attrition rate, very low attrition rate. I mean, like, oh, I, I don't think, I can't think of, you know, maybe a handful of, of engineers have left the company out of the 120 we've had over wow. five years. Um, and, 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 and forever, every function of the company. So, um, it actually makes business sense too. If I'm just Machiavellian about it and, um, is like, you know, it's expensive to replace people with, yeah. with people who leave because you burned them out, but that's not why we do it. We just, we feel like, um, you know, work is an important part of your life, but it isn't your life. Um, so, so that's one part of the culture and the other is kind of the whole, like, you know, no jerk policy or whatever you want to call <laughs> there. Um, and then the other thing in the culture is just, we really, really, really believe in product excellence. We're a product first company. Um, and so I've kind of hinted at this in the past. This is different from like, you know, by contrast, the big enterprise software companies of 10, 15 years ago yeah. was like, you know, yeah. um, armies of people in suits that do PowerPoints and take CIOs out to steak dinners. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, you know, the, and the product kind of was the backseat to just like do whatever, you know, the biggest you know, sales rep with the biggest opportunity this quarter, mm-hmm. do that next. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, that's, you know, those are the key things in our culture. Yeah. I mean, how important is having a culture or understanding or, or is that something that comes out of, because, you know, I, I know that for myself, yeah, I don't think you can be declarative about it, right? Like you can't say, here's yeah. the kind of company that I'm going to no. make and people are going to have this it's and a that. Feeling. Right? It is. It just it, has it's to a grow, reflection right? of, it, it comes back to, I think it's sub, it's probably largely subconscious, but it's a function of who are the first 10 or 20 people in your company mm. or the, the key people and what attracted 
um, the hiring people to those people and vice versa. There's a mutual attraction between New Relic and the employees that, you know, the, the people that, that get excited about coming here. Um, we've, we find that people who get excited about, hey, I can have a family life and I can have, um, but I can be part of something that grows really aggressively mm-hmm. and, and, and aspires to be a top 10 company. I, I, I want that balance, right? Um, those people love New Relic. And then there are other people who are like, what are you talking about? All I want to do is get as wealthy as possible, as fast as possible. <laughs> right. And, and so, you know, all of this, you know, all this work life stuff is really just wussy. You know, they're, they're those, they're people who have that worldview. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them in the Bay area. So they're not attracted to new relics. So there's this kind of mutual attraction thing and the culture kind of comes out of that naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so, interesting. you know, l- listening to you talk, what the people who are just listening won't see is that you're you gesture and you're <laughs> you're passionate about all of this uh, stuff right? very i'm gonna guess i'm i don't know but you you did your first company and that thing got a, you know that thing got bought yeah you you weren't great at golf fine but like you didn't have to do this right you no. probably would have been okay if you had just kept going yeah. maybe you just you know become a writer by a cabin in the woods or something right. like that right like you, you would have been okay yes um but but then you did this and it seems like you took on uh, a, a pretty big challenge and you're continuing to stay there. And last night, uh, Chris Kelly and I, we were, uh, or yesterday we were talking about it and I was talking about competitors and he was saying, well, there's, there's a lot of companies that see us as a competitor and, and they should, right? Because mm-hmm. you can, in, in, in the way that I think a lot of companies uh, will say, well, I don't know if I want to do this because it's more of a feature and a product than Google or Apple, or just, they'll just do this in a weekend, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and now you're kind of in, in this space, you've, you've become the big company in this space, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what, what made you want to take on that kind of a challenge? Because back a few years ago, there were lots of companies doing this and right. it was not, yeah. it, you were not a clear leader in this space and, and it was a big challenge where did the passion come from? Why did you want to like do all of this? Weren't you tired? You know, like (laughs) what makes you so excited about this today? How many years have you been doing this since 2008? I want to do this for the rest of my life. Let me, let me make, start off with that. Yeah. Um, At least as far as I can tell now. So it comes, comes back to what I was saying earlier about like thinking long and hard on what do I love to do? And I love creating, you know, doing the best work I can in creating the best software I can create with awesome people. And I love the feeling of shipping that software and getting great positive feedback from our customers about how it makes their lives better. So that's very, very, I mean, like the happiest moments of my professional life are when I'm involved in that activity. Mm. And so um, that's why I've been hard at work on a brand new product ever since January that we announced last week. And I don't want to digress too much on it. The the, the point to focus on is um, that's what excites me is getting up in the morning to create awesome products. And so I was very thoughtful about this because I feel like, you know, my, my, the person I mentioned earlier, Peter Fenton, one of our investors and Dan Skolnick, another awesome investor from Trinity. um, They've seen too many companies that had the potential to be great sell too early. Um, And, and I felt like if I can make this company such that like, I love every Monday, there's nothing I'd rather do then I think, well, why would I sell this? Right. If we've got more, we can accomplish Mm -hmm. and we can do more, um, you know, a quick exit to what end 
so I can do something less fun. <laughs> right. So, uh, cause golf is less fun than building great software. And I love golf. Right, right. Uh, so, so anyway, and, and if that's the case for not just myself, but the people in the company, then, then all of a sudden you're not stuck in short-term thinking. You're not thinking about, all right, I'll put up with hiring jerks because it's a means to an end that end might be an IPO or an acquisition or, or, or some other kind of thing you can measure, you know, in, in, in pretty, I think shallow ways. So, but if you're thinking about terms of we can create software that changes the way software works, mm-hmm. we can we can enable every company to deliver amazing mobile experiences and we can delight customers, our customers um, in the process. I mean, that why wouldn't I want to do that forever? So I, I am passionate about mm-hmm. it and long winded. Sorry. No, no, not <laughs> at all. And I think that's something that that, you know, it's it's easy. I think for a lot of people, it's definitely been easy for me to throw yourself into something so much and then you do it and you get to the point where you're like, I just, you know, like you get, you get burnt out. Yeah. On it in a oh, way. you, you do. And, and it How does do you come. deal with that. So it's, I think of, um, cause it's the thing you love software. doing, right. Yeah. But then you're all of a sudden you're like, I don't want to do that. So I've got deeper, my, my favorite band is U2. And what I love about that band is the music's awesome, but th- this band has been doing new stuff since 1980 or right. 78 when they got right. together. So while the Stones were an awesome band, they had like, you know, five years of amazing output and then they've been doing, you know, start me up, you know, mm-hmm. ever since, right? <laughs> so um, what differentiates you two is they found a way to continue to stay innovative. Now they've not done an album in a few years, but my point is... Um, music bands have an ebb and flow too. They go into the studio, they create an album, then they come out of the studio and they go on tour and then tour is almost like, you know, when I come go and do, you know, press and conferences right, and right. stuff like that. But, but you need to kind of go back to the studio. And when you do, you got to be prepared to try something entirely new, not go back to what you're comfortable doing. Try a new, try creating a totally new problem, uh, solve a totally new problem, maybe in a new programming language or something so that you're not just going back to what's comfortable because, that's when, again, artists come back to the artist, uh, the, the, the music artist example, when, when people just churn out the same album as the previous one, that's when the, the band kind of loses their, their magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's an important part of it. And the other thing is, um, and again, this, is, this doesn't scale, not, I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm able to do it, but um, I, I try to set aside time where I go away to a remote place, a beautiful place, with a laptop and a screen, mm-hmm. And I've got like a do not disturb sign on mm-hmm. and, I, and I can just code. And I try to do that uh, about six times a year for mm. a full week undisturbed. Mm. Um, and so that, that recharges me and, um, and usually good things come out of it. Sometimes not, not so much, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like going into the studio again. Like, right. you know, you don't know if you're going to get a good song out of it right. until you're there. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, thanks for being here, Lou. So if people want to hear more from you, they can follow you on Twitter, Sweet Lou. Yeah. <laughs> How, what's the story behind that? Oh, one of my best buddies, actually the best man in my wedding, just always called me Sweet Lou. So I was early <laughs> enough on Twitter to get the handle. All right. Well, I'll put that in the show notes. By the way, people want to see more about uh, about uh, your company and some of the other things that we referenced today, uh, news articles and whatnot, you can go to 5by5.tv slash quit slash, what's this episode number, Hattie? 43. 43. Go there awesome. and check it out. Uh 
Lou, it's great to have you. you call yourself Chief Data Nerd <laughs> at New Relic. That's your that's your title on Twitter. Absolutely. And uh, it was great to have you here. And uh, this hey, is we have. A, we I, I, I want to thank you guys. I mean, you, Dan, you're you're awesome. You're you're just a you're you're a, a real talent at what you do. Thanks. It's not easy. Um, but um, thank you. You do your community service. Thanks, I appreciate that. And uh, and so do you. And hey, you know, we probably wouldn't wouldn't be here the way we are if it, you guys hadn't been sponsoring our silly little shows with <laughs> you know twelve hundred listeners back in uh, a month back in the old <laughs> days. So uh, so thanks very much to you, and thanks for having us out. And uh, Hattie, try and talk less next uh, episode. No, yeah. I was being Stop really loud this time. I want to apologize <laughs> for that. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, seriously, Lou Cerny, thank you so much, and uh, congratulations on your new studio. It's awesome. I can't wait to hear what you guys do yeah. out here. All right. All right. Take care. <laughs>